Let's go ahead and open up the Word this morning, and if you have a Bible with you or your, or your phone or whatever it is, open up to two portions of Scripture in your books. I know you can do it. You, maybe you can't do it on your phone. But anyway, we're going to begin looking at the words of Jesus today. And so um, look at Matthew chapter 9, and also put a finger, if you can, in Luke chapter 9. So Matthew 9 and Luke 9, and then there's going to be a couple of scriptures um, interjected in between those two. Matthew 9 will be our first scripture. Luke 9 will be our final scripture. And while you're turning there, uh, let me read to you a couple other words here from the Bible. Um, Jesus was tempted one day by the Pharisees and Sadducees. They came to him, these hypocrites, these fakes, and they came to him tempting him and, uh, they, and he, they asked him about the, the weather and the signs of the times. And, and um, so they desired that he would show them a sign from heaven. Uh, but he knew what they were up to. And so uh, he basically described something. And then he said in the end, listen, you hypocrites, you come to me with wrong hearts and wrong motives. And you're able, look, at the problem with your life is you're able to discern the natural things, the signs that are in the sky, the weather patterns, and you can recognize some natural things, but you can't discern the signs of the times that you're living in. And they couldn't because here was the one who had been prophesied about throughout all the Old Testament, standing right before them, the Savior and Lord, creator of their very lives, and they didn't recognize him, and they denied him, and they hung him on a cross. So it's very important that we are able, we are children of God, and we have the light of God on the inside. We're children of light, children of day. We have the living God living inside of us so that we can discern and know the difference between light and dark, this time and that time, seasons and days. And so we're living in some really powerful times. And you know, it's absolutely certain that we are living in the end times of the last days. Amen. And uh, so, you know, there are signs that, that we can recognize on the side of darkness and what the devil may be doing in this hour, but we can also recognize where we are in time through what God is doing. Amen? Which is a greater thing. These are the things that we ought to really be focusing on. We don't want to focus on what the devil is doing and all that's happening in the earth. We want to focus on what the Lord is doing in these times. Amen? And so um, it's really powerful. So we're living, and I'm going to be talking about it a little bit today. That's why I'm saying this. We're living in the time of the latter rain. Amen. The latter rain outpouring of heaven, the Spirit of God into the earth in a heavy way, uh, in a way that the earth will have never witnessed before. And we have the privilege of living in this hour. Amen. And so... We're living in the time of the latter rain. Why? So that God can bring forth the last great worldwide harvest of souls from every nation. Amen. Hallelujah. And Jesus, he burns for people. He, he's moved for people. He desires uh, the hearts of people. Amen. He came for each and every soul that would ever live. Hallelujah. And so... 
We want to connect our hearts to the heart of God. Amen. And I believe that this message will do that today. I believe that you'll be, and, and even tonight as well in the ministry, that, you'll not, that, that this word will not only strengthen and edify you and, and equip you for your life, but it'll bring you closer to the Father's heart. Amen. So that you'll be more one with him than ever before in your relationship. And then out of that relationship intimacy that you have as receiving the heart of God and and letting it get bigger and bigger inside of you more of him less of you as it were then that will act as a catalyst or a catapult for you to go forth in your life to fulfill the call of God on your life amen so that you might do the good works Amen. The extraordinary things that God has planned before for you to walk in by faith. Amen. Because that's what has to happen in this hour. The latter rain is, is, is being poured out and is going to come more steadily and more strong into the earth in these next few years. Hallelujah. And uh, so we need that in order to bring forth the harvest. And so... I just want to encourage you with that. So let's go ahead and look at this. These iPads, the problem is they always close up on me, you know, so I have to reopen them. Praise the Lord. So Matthew 9, I do want to read one other thing to you. Um, Jesus said this astounding statement, because what we need is the manifest presence of God in our life. The Lord wants to walk with us in such a way that, that we are uh, walking in his manifest presence. And he said so in the word. In, uh, in um, John 14, 21, he said, Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. It's that person that loves me. We can demonstrate our love to the Lord. We can prove our love. We can walk in a manner worthy of our calling, the Bible says. Amen and giving him all of our heart, and walking with him, and he will manifest himself. And as we do, we keep his word, we're doers of his word, and we fulfill the things that he's called us to do and asked us to do as a church and as an individual in life, those words that come out of the Holy Scriptures and those words that he speaks to our spirit. Amen. As he guides us along the way each and every day. Hallelujah by the greater one living inside. And so he said, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it's him who loves me, or she who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. Listen to this. It's an astounding statement. He who loves me will be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. So we know that the Lord is always with us. You know, he'll never, ever leave or forsake us. He's with us until the end of the age, as far as we go to the ends of the earth. And I can say that I have truly experienced that in my life and the, and the well-pleasing of the Lord upon my life as I have obeyed him to go and do what he's called me to do and, 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 and gifted me to do. But I'm telling you what, there's a greater manifestation of the presence of God for all of us. Amen. And that's what we need. If we will only walk in the presence of Jesus, not only will we have that promise where he'll, 
His presence will be there in that sense. But then he wants to go deeper and speak to us and show himself to us. As it were to see his face. To see visions and dreams and the supernatural life of having the presence of the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ tangibly upon our lives so that when we walk into a place darkness flees when we walk into a place atmospheres change hallelujah amen and that's the presence of the Lord and that's what he'll do with us for us to us and through us all we have to do is obey him all we have to do is keep his word and keep his commandments and live our life that way And that's the most pleasing way to live anyway. That's the way that brings fulfillment and satisfaction to us. Hallelujah. If I had not obeyed the Lord to go to the nations, my life, I don't know what it would be. But because I did and took a step and and just yielded to Him and cooperated with Him, my life has been rich beyond measure, beyond what I can express. We sang that song. I have no words to tell you. Except story upon story upon story upon story of the glory of God. And His goodness to me, my family, and people. People who I don't even know, but He knows deeply and intimately and cares for in a way that you and I haven't yet experienced, but He wants us to. Amen. And so that's what I want to read to you about here in Matthew 9, if you would. Okay, so let's go down to verse 27, Matthew 9, 27. Thank you, Lord. I feel the presence of God in this place. Hallelujah. So this is just after we're going to pick up here as he and the disciples are along the road and we're going to pick up. After two extraordinary events had just taken place. The healing of the woman with the issue of blood. A man who came and touched the Lord with her faith. With all of her heart expecting to receive from him. And he said, wow, power has just gone out of me. And we're going to talk about power today. Amen. Power has gone out of me. And then after that, as you know, he went into the house of the ruler of the synagogue and raised his daughter from the dead. That precious young girl he, who, who had, his life had been stolen away, he came in again and poured and released power. Amen. And his authority, praise Lord, to bring forth the dominion, the rule and the reign of his kingdom right there in that room. And that room was filled with the kingdom of God for a moment of time in such a, to such a degree that the young girl arose up. And so he called her forth in the authority of his name. So now let's, let's look at this. Um, so it says in verse 27, When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. So they were calling him Messiah. Calling him son of David, they were recognizing and ascribing to Jesus uh, the honor of who he was, the son of David, amen, who was to come, who was speaking of the Messiah, the Savior. And so they said, son of David, have mercy on us. 
And when he, when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. Amen. So somehow or another, they were able to find their way into the house, even though they were blind. I guess they had guides with them. And Jesus said to them, listen to this question. Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Amen. He said one day, remember, I am the resurrection and the life. Hallelujah. If anyone lives and believes in me, he shall never die. And then he said, do you believe this? He's oftentimes coming to us when we're asking him things. He'll not just answer us with our desire. He'll come with the purpose of fulfilling our heart's desire and answering our prayer with a, with a, with a resounding yes. But oftentimes he'll come first and ask us and check on us and say, are you really believing because I want you to be in a place where you're really believing and expecting to receive from I am all that I am. Amen. And so he said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they had come. And what he was asking was, do you believe that I have the power to do this? Do you believe that I carry the ability, the power to cause you who are blind to be able to open your eyes so that you can see again? He was asking them, do you believe that I have the power or the ability to do this? And they said to him, yes, Lord. And so then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. And their eyes were opened instantly. And Jesus sternly warned them saying, see that no one knows it. But when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all that country. Well, you can imagine it would be hard to contain that, wouldn't it? <laughs> and I believe anyway that, that they were fulfilling a prophecy. You know, the Bible says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Amen. And I believe that as they testified of what Jesus did for them, I believe that it stirred up demons and the devil to such a degree that a greater wrath came into their hearts to kill this man. And eventually the report of him went everywhere throughout the region, throughout the country, uh, so that they were literally prophesying forth his crucifixion. Amen. In that when they were testifying about Jesus, they were bringing forth what he had come to the earth because he needed to be recognized. His fame needed to be spread abroad to such a degree that it would cause such a stir among religious demons and wicked people who have given themselves over to those spirits in order to literally fulfill the purpose for which he came to earth. I want to let you know today that the devil never has the upper hand in your life. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you see, no matter what it looks like, no matter the lies and accusations that are coming forth from him, listen, he's playing right into the hand of of God for your life. Amen. So never be discouraged is what I'm saying. Amen. Keep your confession of faith and your heart, your focus fixed on Him and what He's doing. It's a real key to life. In this day and hour in which we're living, people are focusing on what the devil is doing. And it's very easy and clear to see what he's doing because he always uh, 
misplays his hand, you know. The devil always goes too far with what he's trying to do. And so rather than be able to be secretive and contain it, it comes out for all to see. Anyone who has ears to hear and eyes to see and knows the signs of the times can clearly see what the enemy's up to. So we don't have to focus or worry about what he's doing. Let's go ahead and focus on what God is doing. Hallelujah. Because these are great days. Days of the latter rain upon the earth. Days of the last great worldwide harvest. Just before the catching away. The rapture of the church. The righteous. Hallelujah. And so let's go down and keep reading in verse 32. Now he goes to another guy. So in the first one. He talked about his power. That's the point of all this that I'm bringing to you. He asked him, do you believe, in in essence, that I have the power, the ability to heal you? Secondly, now, let's look at another one. As they went out, behold, they brought to him a man, mute and demon-possessed. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke. And the multitude marveled, saying, it was never seen like this in Israel. Amen. It was never seen like this. And in another account, not the same account, but in the Gospel of Mark, in a very similar situation, when he cast out the Spirit with his word and the authority of his name and his word. This is what we're seeing here is the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ over all demons. Amen. And so another instance in there in Mark, when he cast him out, the people speak with with. We've never seen this kind of thing before. For this man speaks with power and authority. Amen. And so he released his authority, cast out the devil with his word, and the mute man was able to speak. Hallelujah. Another great miracle. But it says here in verse 34, of course, but the Pharisees said, he casts out demons by the ruler of the demons. Wow, blasphemy. You want to know what the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is? That's it right there. Attributing the work of God to the devil. Calling that which is good evil and that which is evil good. So listen, no one in here has ever blasphemed the Holy Ghost. Amen. You wouldn't be here today if you had, praise God. But no, this is it. When you ascribe the power of God literally and say, this is the devil at work. That's the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. So let's keep reading. Verse 35, you'll be very familiar with this passage of Scripture, this portion. But think about the context now. Here he's going forth and now he's looking. And there's another level of the love of God that I want you to see here. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and disease among the people, everyone. But when he saw the multitudes, now listen, that was the first part. That's what we just saw. He went about preaching, teaching, healing. Amen. So that's more on, it's a a spiritual work, but it's on a natural level, you see. 
He's healing people's lives. He's healing their lives in this earth right now so they can live and function and enjoy a blessed life. Amen. The way God wants them to. By not being sick, not being diseased, being able to use their faculties as, as he designed. Amen. So this is, these are natural things he's doing. Amen. But now we see something else. It says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Someone say, moved with compassion. This is supernatural. This comes from heaven. This comes, as I said, the reason I said about being more uh, closer, more at one with the Lord and with the heart of the Father in your life is because it's so vital in this hour. Amen. Because it is the heart of the Father. And we understand that He's poured out His love into our hearts, but it always is poured out in a measure. And like Pastor David said, then He meets back to you as you give out of what you've received from Him. So it can always multiply. It can always expand and increase. Amen. So that you are a more powerful person with greater authority. But the... the, But the source of this is spiritual in nature. And it's a spiritual work here that I'm talking about. Because he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered. Harassed, it says. They were wearied and scattered and harassed, living under the dark cloud of this world system and the lies of the devil who always comes with accusations against people's lives, continually accusing them and making them feel worthless and unworthy and unable and unfit to receive the love of God. That is the purpose of the devil when he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion Because they were weary and scattered, harassed like sheep having no shepherd. Sheep without a shepherd are lost sheep. Amen. Everyone needs a shepherd. And I'm not talking necessarily about a pastor right now. We all need pastors and we all need all the five-fold ministry gifts functioning and flowing into and through our lives. That's the, that's the will of God for all of His people. But I'm talking about God's people. You, God's sheep. Me, God's sheep. Uh, being actually transformed through the heart of compassion. Being moved to go out into the world as His shepherds. Amen. To bring in lost people. Shepherd people without a, out a sheep without a shepherd are lost sheep. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful. Abundant. More than you can even imagine how great it is. But the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. I like what it says in the Amplified here. It says, He was moved with pity, compassion. They were bewildered, harassed, distressed, dejected, and helpless. Amen. Then it says, Pray the Lord of the harvest so that, the, the, so that he might force out and thrust laborers into his harvest. Amen. You see, what God is asking us to do, he's not really asking at all. He's commending us 
to be shepherds. He's commanding us to be moved with compassion. He's commanding us to draw near to him so that he can draw near to us, so that he can fill us to a place of overflowing abundance with his goodness, his love, and this compassion, which is really, in essence, compassion is God's love in action. It's supernatural in nature. You cannot get it for yourself. You see, what was happening here is this work that compassion does is an even greater work than the power and authority that flows for physical healing to touch people's lives in the natural. Because what we were talking about here, what compassion does is it reaches into the spirit of a human being that's lost and dead and separated from the Lord. And it reaches in and gives gives them new life. It brings them the very life and nature of God so that they may not only be healed physically and mentally, but that they may receive new life into their eternal spirits. That's the work of compassion. That's the work of a shepherd. Amen. And God is calling us and commanding us. He gave us a great commission a great commandant not if you feel like it I want to suggest to you would you please go out into the world I know we can relate with God on those kind of levels and there are things in our life that aren't commands amen But there are some things that are absolute commandments of the Lord. He has spoken His Word and His Word is going to come to pass. And it's your choice whether or not it's going to come to pass through your life. But it's going to happen. Amen. And He said, go into all the world. Your world around you right here in Mesa. And if the Lord ripples you out further into other regions and territories or nations, so be it. Hallelujah. There's no greater call. Praise the Lord. But it's a commandment. And that's why I read John 14, 21. If we really want to experience the manifest presence of the Lord and His glory, His anointing, His touch, His well, His well uh, being satisfied with our lives where the shine of His countenance is upon our lives. That people recognize. And this is what's happening in the earth. We are coming into days where we are going to see the earth is already being shaken right now to the core. And we are going to see manifestations of the latter rain outpouring of His glory and His grace in such manifest presence ways, in such tangible ways where cities will be touched and shaken in a day. Hallelujah. Because he's done it throughout history and he's going to do it again before the end. He saves the best for last. Those that are first shall be last, but the last shall be first. So, let me look at something here. Yeah. His connection with the Father. Jesus' connection with the Father Caused his bowels. That's, that's compassion. His deeper inner, innermost being. His very bowels. Down inside of his spirit. That's compassion. It's bowels of mercy. It's something that's supernatural in nature. You'll never be able to work up compassion. From your mind or from your soul. It comes only through your spirit. 
It's a deep work of God that literally causes you to to disregard your life and other things to the degree that I must go for you, Lord. Remember, God gave Isaiah a vision. He had a he had a spiritual, uh, an outstanding spiritual experience, amen. And he was brought into the very temple of heaven. And he saw God in all his glory. And all the seraphim there with him crying out, holy, holy, holy. And then God, they took in a, a, a coal from the altar, which is the fire of God. The fire of the Holy Ghost will touch you and change you to a person that you won't even recognize anymore. And there he was was and the fire of God's altar touched his mouth and he was purified he was changed he was cleansed amen that's almost a picture of the of the new birth and the work of the mighty Holy Spirit in our lives but what happened in that moment when God said whom shall we send who will go for us and without even thinking because it was a deep spiritual work of God inside he said here am I Lord Send me. I give my life. I'm willing, Lord. It's what I must do. I'm compelled to do it now. I really don't want anything else. I realize now that nothing else I do in life will ever be of a total satisfaction. Will never fully satisfy me. If you want a life of absolute total satisfaction and fulfillment then do what I'm talking to you about today. That doesn't mean you're going to have to be called to the nations like I was as a 12-year-old boy. That doesn't mean you have to just pick up and leave everything and get a suitcase and go unless God tells you to do it. But what you do is you give yourself over to a process where you say, not my life anymore, Lord. I've done enough to mess things up without you. All I want now is you, your presence, and your will. This is what I live for. It's what I hunger for. And we can have it. We can have it. So now, let's look at um, Luke chapter 9. We could go to Matthew 10, but there's a little bit more, uh, uh, a greater description that Luke gives. But what I'm going to is this very moment right here. Just as Luke wrote the account of it. So Luke chapter 9. And um, well you guys go there. I want to read a couple of scriptures to you. So you don't have to turn there unless you want to. But uh, I'm going to look real quickly at James chapter 5. And I'll just move through these. But uh, it's important that I let you see this. And I, I understand you've probably seen it before, probably more than one time. It's okay. Repetition brings revelation if your heart is hungry and open. Praise the Lord. So anyway, James chapter 5. If you read the first six verses, it's quite astounding. The Lord is rebuking people who are rich in this life but not rich toward God. They're rich with earthly natural things, but their hearts are poor. And so he rebukes them for having held back the wages of the laborers. Amen. 
and those who plow and mow their fields. And it's a, spirit, it's a natural description of those who are so stingy, so self-absorbed, not rich toward God, taking the, the blessing of God for granted and wasting it like the prodigal. And he rebukes them for it. He says, the Lord of Sabaoth uh, has this against you. But anyway, so he's, now, he's, now he's going to, in verse 7, uh, encourage the saints, those who are his laborers. Amen. And so he says, therefore, be patient, my brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Be steadfast, be immovable, abounding in the work of the Lord. Persevere to the end. Don't ever allow yourself to become so discouraged or allow depression to come upon you where you become hopeless about what God has shown you for your life, what He wants to do with you, for you, and through you. Because it's surely coming to pass. It will absolutely 100% manifest in your life through the presence of Jesus in your life by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So he says, see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives, listen now, the early and latter rain. The precious fruit of the earth, of course, the farmer is speaking about the Father in heaven. And the precious fruit, if we had just seen the word fruit there, it may mean nothing more than natural. But when he added the word precious, it took, it took the idea of the fruit being plants and vegetables to being the hearts, souls, and lives of people, human beings. Precious fruit to God is people. Amen. And so he said, until it receives the early and latter rain. Very quickly to tell you this, the, the early rain is the rain that comes after the planting. Amen. And it's a, it's a slower, steady rain that lasts longer in duration, but less in intensity. The latter rain on the other side is that the end of the harvest so that that which has come to bud you know from the earth there comes now a downpour a heavy rain which is short in its duration but heavy and intense in its outpouring hallelujah and we are living in the day of the latter rain God has already declared that he will shorten the work at the end or no flesh could be saved and then Romans 9 he says I will do a short work in the earth and cut it short in righteousness praise God and so this thing is going to be a a massive work done in a short time where the greatest harvest of the earth will come forth that the world has ever seen think about why there's so many people on the earth now God's not satisfied with just a few Jesus said my father wants his house full amen so he said go out there Go into the highways, the byways. Go out where you live. Saturate the, 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 the face of the earth 
wherever you are as my witnesses because as you go obeying my commands to do this with a heart of God in you, compassion moving you, or even obedience in the beginning because the compassion will come and then there'll be that tangible manifest presence of the Lord that goes with you and flows through you where the glory of God, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as prophesied in Habakkuk chapter 2 shall cover the whole earth as the waters cover the sea amen and we are living in these days can someone say hallelujah are you happy about that I am. I'm happy that I didn't live in the dark ages, praise God. I'm happy to be living right here and now for such a time as this. You, my brothers and sisters, have been brought into the kingdom of God. You are the ones the Lord is going to use to bring forth His glory. And we're going to talk about that and manifest that some tonight in the meeting. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So he said, you also be patient Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Amen. The kingdom of God is at hand. It means it's actually here. And this is how you live your life when you walk in this, uh, what we're going to talk about. So now, look at the, um, at the uh, Luke chapter 9. I won't have time. Zechariah chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. You can look at that. But the Lord said, ask in the time of the latter rain, ask for it. So there's a couple of things that we can see we ought to focus on in prayer. One, Lord, send forth laborers into the harvest. And you know what the plan of the Lord is? He's tricky. He's a setup artist in that sense. But he's setting you up for something greater than you could ever imagine. Because when he says, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers, what his ultimate plan is, is to work to such a degree inside of your life that you live literally become one of those laborers so then you're not just asking you're fulfilling the call to go that's the work of the lord in your life but he didn't tell you that right there but i can guarantee that's his plan amen and so then he said in zechariah 10 1 and 2 he said ask for rain in the time of the latter rain. So we need to ask for the rain. We need to literally in that word ask, you may have heard this before, uh, Jesus taught about it. It's not a pitiful begging. It's not a a weak request, oh Lord, oh, if you'll have mercy, please, we don't deserve it. But God, Lord, we need it. Please send forth your rain. No, it's not that kind of ask. It's an ask where you are literally demanding and commanding forth the will of God into the earth. Praise God. You are requesting it in a strong way. Lord, you have said this. You want laborers. You want harvest, Father. So you must pour out at this time the latter rain. Let it fill the earth with your glory. Okay, Luke chapter 9 as I close this morning. So here's what I want you to see. I don't have time, but this revelation, which I believe is a word in season for the time in which we're living. In 1999, I had an outstanding spiritual experience as I took my first trip overseas. I went to the nation of the Philippines this month, 1999, where I began my missionary work and um, thrust out with force, praise God. 
And um, I woke up and I had a dream just before dawn. My second morning in the Philippines where we were down in a provincial area to, to hold two weeks of gospel miracle power crusades. And uh, it was just tremendous. And so um, I woke up because I had a dream and then woke up. And I won't be long about it, but I'll tell you this. Because it needs to be heard before I read the scripture. In the dream, the hand of God came from heaven. And then as it came, it was coming down towards me. And it came literally through the atmosphere and then through the little roof of the, of the place I was staying. And then it became, he put out his finger. And when it came through the ceiling, his finger came around uh, my, left, my right side and it went over here. And then his finger went right into my ribs and literally stuck through my ribs into my spirit, man. And at that moment, I shot up like a bullet in my bed, which I guarantee you is not the way I wake up, folks, okay? But I did that day, and I shot up. And when I shot up, I heard three words loud and clear, and they were these, power, authority, dominion. And this is a revelation of what God, the dominion of God, the kingdom of God, the rule and the reign of God's kingdom in the spirit realm, so strong that it comes in to affect the natural realm. Amen. I'm not talking about dominion in the sense of taking over governments and turning the world in a natural way. I'm talking about spiritual dominion. The kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom. One day Jesus will come and establish it in the earth, hallelujah, for all to see. But they can see it and experience it now in the spirit realm, amen. And it has a great effect in the natural realm, in the lives of people. So here's what Jesus did. Because he brought me right to this scripture after that. And let's read it. Luke 9, verse 1. Right after, like I said, he had called for us to pray laborers into the harvest. So what did he do? Immediately, he sent out the 12 on their first missionary journey right here. So it says, then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them, what does it say? Power and authority power and authority over all demons we saw jesus in that luke 9 power flowed out of him then with the authority he cast out demons you see and this is how it works it says he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases why is this so important? Because these are the things that set the table, that ring the bell for the gospel. Praise God. So that he can reach the spirits of human beings ultimately. So he sent them immediately. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And so in what he was saying was in sending them to preach the kingdom the kingdom cannot be separated from dominion. Where the kingdom comes, dominion comes. Where the kingdom is present, dominion is present. Dominion is the work of treading down, of crumbling, of subjugating and overcoming the devil and all works. That's why he said you'll tread upon 
the cobra and the lion, the young lion and the serpent, you will trample underfoot. That's dominion. That's the kingdom coming to rule and reign. The, the cobra represents the deception, the lies of the devil. Remember from the serpent in Genesis. And the lion represents that spirit of fear that captivates all people in the earth before they know Jesus. For everyone is held captive by the fear of death, it says. But Jesus came and destroyed the devil and the power of death. From off of the people. The fear of the enemy has been destroyed. And so when you minister the kingdom. When you preach the kingdom. Which is to say not only uh, preaching the gospel of Jesus. But literally saying that the king from heaven. The Lord Jesus Christ. Who laid down his life on a cross. And then rose from the dead physically and spiritually. Proving that he is God and Lord of all. He, that king, and the power and the authority of his kingdom is here now because this is God's day of visitation for you people. This is preaching the kingdom of God. And in that bold declaration, the manifest presence of the kingdom flows. 100% of the time. So that's power and authority and, and you go forth to preach the kingdom with that power and authority because you must have both power and authority operating in your life to really establish dominion. I'm not going to get into the teaching of that now. I'm actually writing a book about it now that's almost complete. So it's a long, you know, it's lengthy. So we could never really touch that now. But the Lord showed it to me this way in the very beginning. Okay, so it's like a simple addition uh, equation, literally for children to receive like me. You know, so the Lord said, son, it's like this. Power plus authority equal dominion. He said, you cannot establish the fullness of my kingdom and dominion on one or the other alone, but you need to release and flow in power and authority. So, then he said to them, and I'm closing up here, he said to them, take nothing for the journey. Look at this, this is powerful. Take nothing for the journey, neither staffs, nor bag, nor bread, nor money. Don't have two tunics apiece. I mean, he's saying, just go out there with what you've got on your back and go obeying my command to preach the kingdom of God because I'm giving you power and authority. And he said, whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. And whoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. Because God is looking for people who are ready and willing to receive the kingdom. He doesn't have time, nor do we, honestly, to spend elongated periods of time on stiff-necked, rebellious, unbelieving people who really aren't hungry for the Lord or His kingdom. No, because there's people that are ready and waiting to receive. And so, this is so supernatural though. So it says, they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel, that is the gospel of the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom, and healing everywhere. So look at this, when he told them, take nothing, 
and whatever house you enter. You see, why does, what, what's important about this? Why did he mention this? Why did he have them go out that way? Because he was teaching them, listen, you are going to be walking in the dominion, the rule and reign, the protection and the provision and the presence of my kingdom. So it's a supernatural thing. So it's going to come from heaven. That's why Jesus said, seek first the what? kingdom of God and his righteousness or the work of his salvation. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amen. And then all these other things will what? Supernaturally be added to you. And we have seen that in the nations of the earth for these last 22 years. Like I said, all I have is stories to tell. One after the other after the other of God's protection, of God's keeping power, of his preservation and his provision vision so holy so divine so supernatural that it could never have happened any other way not that we've gone out empty-handed we haven't tried to go out empty-handed anyway but there have been times amen but no worry because you're going in power authority and dominion